Hello, you're listening to the Power of Three podcast. And that jarring cacophony tells you that once again, you're listening to the Power of Three podcast. And if you listen closely to what's playing in the background, what version of the theme tune, you can probably guess which incarnation we're talking about today. Yes, we are chatting about Matt Smith's magnificent 11th Doctor. We're talking about Matt Smith, but not Matt Smith. But I'm Kenny Smith, and I'm joined today live from a car park, which isn't as dodgy as it sounds. You better tell everybody who you are, co-conspirator. Hi, it's John, John Boland here. Lovely to be with you again. I'm not actually in a car park. I'm in uh, a very pleasant, leafy suburban street in the outskirts of Glasgow. So it's not quite as dodgy as it sounds. But if there's a husky timbre to my voice, it's because I'm recovering from a very serious um, virus. Well, it's not that serious, but it certainly had me under the weather for over a week. But I'm almost over it. Yeah. But there's no sympathy to be had here. Oh, yes, there is. There's plenty of sympathy. You know that I've been texting you to check up and see how you are, so... That's true. I can't can't deny that. You've been very good. Oh, not at all. Just just what we do, check up on our pals, see how they are. So, yeah, I'm glad that your vocal cords are probably 90% functional and uh, we get your dulcet tones and learned expressions. So, we're going to have a quick chat today about the 11th Doctor Chronicles from Big Finish, which have been rather spectacular and exceptionally enjoyable, I've found. And you'd uh, listened to these before we'd planned to chat about this one, hadn't you? Yes, I've dipped into a few. I've got a few on pre-order as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's certainly something I'm really getting into uh, into the swing of. Uh, I mean, you said the 11th Doctor, not the 11th Doctor. I mean, it goes without saying that if you were to play this to someone who had no idea that it wasn't Matt Smith, Jacob Dudman's performance is just so pitch perfect. It's it's quite uncanny, but I guess he gets that all the time. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll hear from Jake later on. And of course, we heard from him at the top of the episode as well. But yeah, I think what he's done is just incredible because I know that some people can be cynical about, I suppose, it's not technically a recast. Well, it is, but it isn't because obviously the intention is to tell stories and get them out there as best can and I've really enjoyed these you know, the first two sets but then things really have taken off with the Geronimo box set where we get the Doctor meeting a new friend in that gap after the Snowmen where he meets his new companion played by Safia Ingar who's playing Valerie mm-hmm. Lockwood and it's just incredible just how quickly they've established a dynamic this pair isn't it? Absolutely I mean I have to put my hands up and say that I've not uh, yet got round to Geronimo. I've listened to things slightly out of sync. So um, I've listened to their spin on the 11th Doctor Chronicles. But yeah, there's a fantastic, uh, I was going to say chemistry. Is chemistry the right word to use? Um, I it is. certainly have a wonderful kind of synchrony. But yeah, I think um, Valerie's shaping up to be a fantastic companion. Safia Ingmar is a, a great, yeah, a great compliment to Jacob or Jake's um, performance too. Yep. With six adventures with them so far, uh, meeting in the, the Inheritance by Alfie Shaw, 
and there's a bit of a lottery going on and the horrors that go with that and trips through time and space and you know that first set was great and then the second box set they did together all of time and space which was the last one that they did ending with that incredible story uh, the curi- well, it's not even the it's, def- it's not the definitive article it's curiosity shop for the doctors which by James Goss, which is just an incredible story. Just the doctor cannibalizing Valerie's cybernetic bits and bobs to create himself a device. Yeah, it's, it's so sad too. Yeah, it's, it's beautifully pitched emotionally, I think, and in terms of the of the performances from, from both of the leads. Yeah, I, I felt a lot of the stories that I've, I've listened to, it was a real, yeah, it was a real tug at the heart when Valerie just reaches without any spoilers just kind of feels that she's reached the end literally of what she can give up to the doctor and uh, jake's performance again throwing superlatives around here but just the way he performs elements of so many of the the doctor's incarnations with that hint still of the 11th doctor i, I was just gobsmacked my chin was on the on the, on the ground listening to it just thought he was so so good and it was so delightful listening to not knowing which one was going to come up next and then just realizing just how, how perfectly he captured the the tonal peculiarities of the different incarnations of the doctor it was it was great and yes. a great cameo in that particular story from someone who is beloved of people of a certain age due to his featuring so prominently in play school and play away yep Derek Griffiths. Derek Griffiths. Derek wonderful. Griffiths, yes. What an amazing voice, amazing mm-hmm. talent. And why has he not been in Doctor Who proper on the telly? Get that sorted. Russell exactly. T. Davis. Yeah, I'll text him after this. Get it sorted. <laughs> no, I, I agree with everything you said about Curiosity Shop. Jake just getting to go through his repertoire and do older doctors, you know, getting to his Pertwee, his Tom, Hartnell. It's just what he does is incredible, um, particularly you know his and his, his Eccleston's very good. I think that's because Jake's natural accent is sort of Northern English, and uh, he taps into that. But it's as you say, he's got that perfect. You've got you can hear the sort of the Matt Smith quality, but also while doing those other actors, and that is a real skill to do a performance of a performance. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I thought that was a particularly strong trilogy on all of time and space. Really, really enjoyed them, I have to say. Yeah, I particularly enjoyed the fourth wall shattering of all of time and space by Ellery Quest, who we have, of course, since <laughs> discovered is not actually Ellery Quest. It's it's just such a great script. It's just that sort of shattering the fourth wall with the Doctor and Valerie in adventure, with Doctor Who being proposed as a stage play by a writer, and then there's just so much going on in there, and it's so you really need to pay attention to this one, don't you? Indeed, might have got us around some of the current difficulties that we're in, copyright-wise or right-wise. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, again, it's such a, a wonderfully layered performance, and it's it's so it's so big. He wouldn't really uh, give up his his writing credit, sustaining the the fiction, uh, even up to who who wrote the story. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that that was very clever. Yeah, Tim Foley, brilliant writer, somebody who's had a lot of big finish out this year. And I think, again, we've we've mentioned Jake's performances a lot, but Safia has just been a real revelation as Valerie. And I think they are showing what a fantastic combo. You know, this could have been on TV. This really does feel like it's 
set after the snowmen with you know mentions of Clara here and there on their quest to find her, not their Ellery quest. <laughs> Fantastic. Really, really strong story. I, li- I like things that kind of play with different genres and just making us think, well, what, what if it had been a, a stage play? And of course, it has been a stage play in various mm-hmm. different um, forms over the years. But yeah, there, there was a lot of, lot of good acting humour as well. Not that I'm a thespian myself, but you know, there was lots of digs at the at the noble profession. Absolutely, to... thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. So we've talked about the the noble profession. So why don't we speak to somebody who is in the noble profession, plus also the producer? Why don't we have a chat with Safi Ingar and Alfie Shaw? Oh, cool. Uh, hello, I'm Alfie Shaw, and I'm the oh, blimey, producer, script editor, one of the writers. Um, and T-Boy on the 11th Doctor Chronicles. Hi, I'm Safia Ingar and I play Valerie Lockwood. Welcome to the Power of Three podcast, both of you. It's a real pleasure to see you because, as you're probably aware from the emails we've been having, I bloody love these sets. And I've said so on Twitter many a time as well. Thank you so much for your support. (laughs) Oh, it's been a pleasure. Alfie, if we could turn to you first. Where did the idea for these come from and giving the 11th Doctor a new companion? The 11th Doctor was always, as soon as I took over the range, I knew I wanted to do an original companion for 11 in the style of Hex, Evelyn, Lucy, you know, what uh, Big Finish has done for other Doctors. Um, But when I came on, Volume 2 was basically written. And I, so I was slightly sort of in the starting blocks while we were making volume two while gestating this plan for for the companion. And the companion went through a few different iterations. Um, at one point, they were going to be uh, a classic enemy of the Doctor uh, as, a, as a tease, but that never quite materialized. Um, and so when we couldn't make that happen, I was sort of looking around what would be quite an interesting thing to do. And we settled on the sort of cyberpunk cyborg companion and from there we uh, we did one storyline and then we started that storyline and then we had to change that storyline for for what it is now Uh, so it's been a very iterative process and quite a a slow build as well for this series I mean it was started planning I mean the the initial initial version that we never got to was I think pre-pandemic and then it went on ice um, for various reasons, not just the pandemic. And then when we started to de-thaw, de-thaw? No, you thaw the series. When, you started, when we started to thaw the series out from from ice, we we struck upon the the sort of cybernetic companion. And and from there, I had the I had the cyborg. I had the fact it was a cyborg companion. I had the titles of the last two episodes and the blurb of the last episode ready to go. And from there, we started building out the, the storyline. Fantastic. And of course, we do have our wonderful new companion, Valerie Lockwood, played by Saf. So what led to Saf's casting? That was such a polite, hello. It's it's sort of like a running theme where I I kind of made it a thing where whenever the doctor says Valerie, I make some sort of sound, like an acknowledgement, a breath, a hum. It's usually, hmm? But it's usually like a hello or something, and I just slip those in there. Now it's just become habit. <laughs> I do love listening to the edits as well. You can pick up which ones are very much the sap improvised. Hello. <laughs> um, 
How did we cast Saf? Well, I mean, weirdly, Saf and I worked together years and years ago on a on a project I did that never never quite saw the light of day. And then we didn't see each other again for years until Saf did the Black Knight with Jake and the one with Sam Barnett. And Jake texted me because we still hadn't found Valerie at that time. And Jake said, I have found Valerie. And then sent me Saf's <laughs> spotlight page in the world's sort of biggest small world moment. And I just went, yes, they'll be, they'll be brilliant. And I basically went to Nick and went, hello. I know you're the director and um, you, you technically have casting, but um, this this is Valerie and Nick nodded and went, yes, that is Valerie. We have found her excellent <laughs> work. So we then had to change the net, the surname. It wasn't it wasn't Lockwood at the time. It was it was something else that once we cast off didn't quite fit the character. So we had to do a think, and that's how it became Valerie Lockwood. That must have been such a joy for you, Saf, getting the part. Given that I believe you were a bit of a Doctor Who fan in your younger days. Even bit. younger days, sorry. Even younger, yeah. No, just a just a little little tiny bit. Um, yeah, no. I I remember seeing the email, and I just remember like getting out of bed and having to rub my eyes and then read it again. And I was like, "What?" Because at this point, I'd only worked with Big Finish twice, and I was just like happy to be in the building. I was like, my first thing was doing um, a box set with Derek Jacobi, and I was playing a bunch of creatures that were dying and stuff like that. Just a lot of. A lot of grizzly stuff and then i came back for black knight and that was so much fun and again another small world moment i actually knew samuel barnett um from like years back and so we worked together and then obviously that was my first time meeting jake and then just to know that i was going to come back and play a companion i was, just, I was it was the best it was really exciting <laughs> it must have been quite uncanny for you the first time you heard jake do the voice oh i mean you could ask alfie i freaked out um, and then obviously, so I've, I've been really transparent about it. Like my doctor growing up was the 10th. Um, I feel like that's the one that really got me into Doctor Who. I did backtrack after a while and, you know, experienced Chris Beckerson's doctor and then there was the Lieutenant's doctor. And then I was there obviously for the inception and the continuation of the now doctors. Um, and I was also very much in that culture of like, sort of, <laughs> Um, like Whovian, Sherlock, supernatural fandoms intertwining the Super Wholock fandoms. So I was very much like in and amongst that when I was going to Comic-Con, being around people just surrounded by fezzes. Everyone had fezzes and everyone was like wearing braces and bow ties. And it, it was so cool. <laughs> and I just love that there was such a, and everyone was wearing Converse's. I messed up my legs so much through wearing Converse's oh my god i have so many ankle problems now because i just wanted to like embody the doctor because it was just such a wonderful like level of escapism and so then standing in front of someone who perfectly captures everything i love about dr Hugh, and it just when it just like poured out of his mouth so easily i was like eh? and oh i actually remember there was a really funny moment when we were there in black knight this was before i knew who jake was because again this is the first time i met him and he kept doing impressions in the booth and I was also, it must have been so embarrassing. I was like, oh, you're really good at that. Like, you should do it more. And I remember everyone like sort of pausing and laughing and I didn't really like know. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, cause he was doing like Professor Snape, like he was doing, and then he did like a couple of the doctors. I was like, bro, you're really good at that. No, like actually you're really good at that. Thinking he didn't flip and know that. And then I realized he played the doctors and I was like, oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> 
And I remember I had a chat with him about that, and he was just like, "Yeah, I remember that." I was, I was, just, I was like, "I hoped you didn't," but he's so talented. I love him. Yeah, he's great. You must have been delighted as well, Alfie, with the instant rapport that's there. Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, from the word, I mean, lit- I think literally from the first line, Nick just turned and went. You you can tell they're the companion straight off, and then the moment there's the, the door opens and the chemistry. It's I mean it's, I mean, lightning in a bottle is such a cliche, but you know I'm I'm not being paid to write, so I'm going to use all of them at the moment. Um, it really did feel like lightning in a bottle with them. And what was so so joyous, we've talked about Saf reacting to things, not just the voice. The first time when we when we were at the end of the inheritance and. Valerie's in the TARDIS for the first time and is seeing, you know, is actually conscious and seeing the TARDIS for the first time. It was like we weren't in the sound house. It was like Safford got to walk onto that set and they were seeing the TARDIS for the first time. It was magical. And then again, when we had, when we were doing the Cyberman recording, when, when Nick's voice came down as that classic sort of, you know, Cyber originated style Cyberman, everyone in the room squealed i mean jake actually got cramp in his legs he was so happy <laughs> so you know, there are these real, real visceral moments of even though you know we are we are doing it in, a, in an audio medium it is like the actors are seeing it like they're there in the in the room but it's been incredible and it's been i mean so rewarding to i mean I, I, as everyone knows i've been incredibly nervous about this series and still am because the rest of it's not out yet but the the lightning speed i've clearly just obsessed with lightning today um <laughs> the lightning speed at which people have fallen in love with the tardis team of 11 and battery has been amazing and that is in no small part to to jake and Saf and their wonderful work i agree absolutely and i think that i mean from the word go that with the inheritance alpha you wrote fantastic introduction and oh my god you put poor valerie through the emotional ringer with that one and giving Saf plenty Listen. to do What what I feel like happened was they watched me be able to throw myself in the deep end once and they were like, oh, we're going to make them do this again. They're way too good at being tortured and dying and having someone around them die. We're going to do this again and again. But what was mad was that on the second day when we were doing uh, The House of Masks, it was me, Saf, and uh, another member of the cast who uh, I can't quite remember, I'm afraid. And I said, yeah, and the thing is, you know, obviously we've not really put put Valerie through the emotional rigor yet. <laughs> Saf just turned to me and went, you killed my mum yesterday. I'm like, oh yeah. On the first day, I just met some of y'all. Killed my mum. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I also think that's in a kind of like messy way. I think that's another reason why people are so drawn to Valerie because despite all of that and this like the strength that she has to carry on, I would argue she has it like like some of the worst out of the lot of the companions like she really she gets thrown right in there from the beginning and the fact that she still chooses to trust the doctor and go along with him i don't think it's quite as linear as oh my god this magic guy showed up and he saved the day it's more like i thought there's a real pain behind her decision to go because she can't do anything else she can't stay tethered to where she is because nothing makes sense anymore and then she goes, all right, you weirdo. Like, if, if anything's not going to make sense, then let me just be with you because at least I won't be by myself. And then she sees all these horrible, amazing, terrifying things. And in that, she finds sense and reason. 
and then she also doesn't. And when those mo- when the moments happens that she doesn't, she doesn't let herself be the victim. She very much makes it clear to the doctor, like, this is messed up. What you are doing is going against everything I believe in and you should be so ashamed of yourself. And I feel like she puts him in his place and then she backs off. And what, that's what I love about Valerie. Like, she just doesn't, she doesn't laugh for anything, does she? <laughs> mm-hmm. it, just, it just, I suppose, is a small thing. Uh, it's a small tease for the rest of the series. If you think we've put Valerie through the ringer yet, <laughs> five and six, it's it's they turn the we turn the setting up quite high. I think you're possibly the most traumatized companion. Yeah, no, I think I am. I don't want to. I don't want to play like Olympics out here. Like, but I think I was. I'm really up there. I've had loads, and I think that it's so sweet seeing the response for our sets have been. It's been amazing because again, I've just sort of been thrown in there. And, you know, admittedly, I didn't know too much about Big Finish because it was a world that I didn't really delve into that much. And so now that I have, it's so wonderful to see all the work that's happening, like, around the Doctor Who universe, especially someone who's so into multiverses. Like, I love that sort of stuff. Um, And one of the biggest responses has been, damn, Valerie's resilient, huh? Like, Valerie's been put through it. And I'm like, yeah, got more left in me. Um, and it just allows it's a bit of therapy for me I can't lie I just love getting to go in there and just yell at the top of my lungs and then be like alright is that lunch is that great alright <laughs> have a tea the, th- the thing was when we were when we were writing the series is because we've essentially got two superheroes as the leads you've got a sort of you know the super strong cyborg and the, the time travelling space genius so it done it does then become the Superman problem of well, they, they can do so much, so how do we put them through things that will still affect them and challenge them? And because they are such a powerful TARDIS team in so many ways, I think that's possibly why we've put them through some of the hardest trials. Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking I, I, I do like that it hasn't necessarily been like just like big evil monsters that have been the hardest thing to face in our sets. It's real emotion and grief and the writing has really lent itself to that i feel like there's some doctor who stories where it hinges on this like really like mystical big scary thing that looks impossible to defeat whereas i feel like without getting really holistic about it it's more the internal struggle of things that they have to deal with and face that make things really hard and it's that pain that like either physical, mental, emotional, sometimes torture that they sort of go through together that makes everything go like, oh, it just makes it so much worse. And so they come out of it and go, yeah, we've defeated the big scary demon, but at what cost, Doctor? And he's going, yeah. And then they go to the next place. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant. Alfie, having worked with Saf for a while now, how much of their own personality has that fed into the development of Valerie? Well, um, oddly, not that much. Because we did the reason that there's been a big gap between because we did we did three and four together, and then there was a gap, and we, you know, we had to readjust things, and then we've done five and and six, and now and now after that, broken hearts, which is why we've had that gap. And what was quite pleasing is that actually, because Safford nailed the character so perfectly. I mean, again, it's just kind of ideal casting. 
you go well we've kind of we've created this brilliant person and we've got this brilliant person to play them and they do the playing of that the delivery of all their lines so spot on that actually we will just keep doing valerie as you know valerie is is kind of quite close to saf i would say and i think that's just kind of we sort of lucked out and then when we knew that for five and six we just doubled down on it so we didn't really it didn't really change anything we just went yes absolutely more of that interesting saf does that please you to know that you pretty much you've got the part without having to without having to have uh, too much of an influence it's you know it's a really satisfying feeling to know that but like it for me i love doing work that i know i'm gonna love and the moment i stepped in that booth one of the things that really actually made a difference for me was stepping into that booth and i remember i turned to nick and i was like so what accent do you want her to have and he just went yours and i was like oh because I've spent a lot of my life playing characters that either are so far removed from me, like my voice has to change and luckily being a voice actor, that's easy for me. Or like it's almost, I get parts that aren't for people like me. So I have to prove I'm someone else. Whereas with Valerie, I was able to go, it was basically like Nick going, giving me the all clear, like you can, do whatever you be as yourself as you want to be and that's fine and I was able to go I remember going oh heck yeah all right and I literally I clicked my neck and I was like okay let's do this and I remember being able to just use my own voice and that lending itself to the character so much and making me feel like I could really go to these extremes with the kind of things that Valerie goes through and feel totally at one with it because it was just me and knowing that it's such a nice feeling like turning to the booth and seeing everyone like either cry or laugh or be really, really happy that something sounded great. Or, you know, they'd like press the thing and be like, right, should we just do one for safety? Because that was that was really good. Let's just do another one. And then we just do another one. And then it's just perfect and we can riff. And it's why I added those little embellishments of going, hmm, and like breathing when, you know, the doctor talks to me and stuff like that, because I want it to feel alive. And I think that's very much the kind of actor I am. But all the writing, just all the writing is so brilliant. I feel like I can be me. I don't feel like I have to wedge myself into it. I'm like, yeah, no, this is good. This is solid writing, solid storytelling. I know what's going on. Let's go. And I can just have fun. <laughs> fun is what it's all about. First set made a really, really positive impression. I think particularly with um the end, we get some nice wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey shenanigans as well with time spiders and uh, a nice uh, a nice bit of sci-fi sort of concept and one that felt very moffety, which I'm sure you must have been quite pleased with, Saf, getting that sort of TV feel. Oh, yeah. And, like, it just, you know, when Alfie was saying that, you know, I it felt like I was on the set. I've already spent a lot of my life fantasising about stepping into the TARDIS. So, you know, it just, again, the writing lent itself to being cinematic and feeling like I could just go there and oh I just it just it's just so much fun I'm like I'm gonna sound super biased I think people are gonna be like oh yes I think people are just saying that but no like I genuinely mean it like it's so much fun to do and there's times where like I come in like you know I fall ill or whatever I'm absolutely exhausted and every day I'll come in and I'll start the day being like I'm knackered and the second we start those scripts I'm like I'm there, bam, I'm in. I can get through anything now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I'd say all of time and space. Fantastic box set again, particularly with something like with Ellery Quest script as well. The fact that it's just such a brilliant concept by Ellery Quest, who features in the story. Absolutely brilliant. It was just so random. I remember like Jake and I were looking at each other. He was like, how are we going to do this? And I was like, I don't know, but we can try. <laughs> and we just did. <laughs> and we managed to make it what it was. And, we was, and like, I listened to it and I was like, oh, I think we did pretty well. Because like, a lot of it was just me and Jake going, <laughs> I, I think I love that whenever we're in the booth, they always position. I remember when we first started doing it, and they were like, Oh, where do you want to go? And I was like, I want to be stood right opposite him. I want to be looking right at his beady little eyes when we do all these lines. So we always do the scripts together like that. And so if we ever, and th- people will be like happy to know, like, especially when we have those really like deep connecting moments. And we're just like face to face. There's times where we're not even looking at the script anymore. We're just looking at each other. Like our tablets are like there and then we can just see each other just over it. And we're like gripping onto the stands and just looking at each other and everything just feels so intimate and wonderful. And even the really funny moments, we just bounce off of each other. It's it's just so good. (laughs) Look at Alfie there smiling away like a proud parent. Literally, he does that all the time when we're in the booth and we're talking about it. When we do interviews as well for the, the behind the scenes stuff and the box sets, it's always nice to like talk about it. And he's just like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. Just doing a job well done, <laughs> isn't it? All of us, all rads. Let's go. It is. It's, it is a job very well done. I have to I have to up it there. You've been very you're playing it down there. So yes, let's up it one. How have you found the reaction from fans to be? Because it's been overwhelmingly positive because I know that Initially, people were saying, oh, Chronicles, they're just narrated talking books. And then having gone to full cast, it's just, they've just really taken off. Alfie, how's it pleased you? Yeah, kind of amazing, really. There was this sort of, when Geronimo came out, this sort of whiplash feeling of people sort of looking going, sorry, what? I mean, it's good. No, these are, these are, what? What? Yeah, I mean, the Eleventh Doctor is kind of I you know I grew up in the nineties I love all the Doctors Eleven is the one I clicked with and then Jake went by the way I'm off um, we're going to do this run and then I'm off so there was a, there is an insane amount of pressure on this range I think possibly more so than any other range like it's weirdly too small to fail like it has it has to be you know the baseline has to be great and the, you know because we have to get you know people we have to go hello yes we know we know it's someone else doing it yes we know you know i when we started the series there was a very firm no prequels no sequels no recurring characters and really no classic monsters which we slightly we i knew we were going to do cybermen then and but that was sort of like right we're doing that one then then things happened um but you know we've generally kind of kept it to that kind of thing I was like, Ooh, should we have tried to get Alex's river in? You know, those those kind of big temple moments that that get people through the door. And I, you know, I was basically a wreck um, the day before it came out. And I wasn't really expecting it to do as... Like, I knew it was good. I knew it was really good. But to have that kind of... Well, I knew I really liked it. I know quality is subjective, etc. and so forth. Um, I knew I was really pleased with it. Um, and I was slightly nervous that you know, it might not connect with the audience. But the fact that it did, and then the second one connected as well, 
has been both amazing and sort of so satisfying on a personal level, but also utterly terrifying for five and six. <laughs> it's like, well, we think it gets better every time. We're I'm really pleased with five and six, and then with Broken Hearts as well. It's like, oh, you know, we we did that, and I really loved what, what Lisa did there, and the fact that we were able to do it. So yes, amazement, delight, absolutely thrilled that you know we we kind of threw everything at the wall and it really has stuck and can't quite believe it really like i do occasionally still look at them and be like oh no people really do like us Mm -hmm. um anyway that was my rant uh (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know like this is this is one of the biggest ips i'm a part of um and it's something that's so close to my heart i didn't want to it's that whole thing just generally in life you don't want to let people down you know, you want people to like you. And then as an actor, it's even worse because your whole existence hinges on who you are as a person. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is kind of scary. And I kind of didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And I was, I think I sort of set myself up to be like, okay, like people may not like me, that's going to be okay. And what's been so lovely is like, and people will like tweet me directly. They'll in- inbox me. They'll comment on my stories. They'll comment on my posts and just go out of their way to be like, by the way, I'm a massive Valerie fan. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, that's so nice. I love when they go out their way to find me because it just goes to show that like whatever we did, it's it's worked and it's working and we're pulling people in and so many people being like, oh, I'm so disappointed. This is only like a limited thing and blah, blah, blah. Like people wish we could go on forever. And there's other people debating like, actually it's good that you know, it is a limited thing because it, we feel like it has like a nice ending and they have their legacy and that's it. I have a, just a lot of, a lot of people like requesting that like Valerie does a bunch of side stories. It's just, and seeing like the credit that Jacob gets for his work as well, because obviously his face isn't on the covers. I think that was really important to me too, because, you know, people, people can be critical, you know, people can have their opinions about those sort of things, but with, Jake specifically, and especially with these box sets, they're just like, no, but he is like undoubtedly the doctor. Like he is the doctor. And I I love that so much. I love that it's me and Jake as a collective doing this box set. And there is, there is no wiggle room for that. There's no like, yeah, he's, you know, he's there, but it's just Valerie. It's like, it's us. And it's a testament to how, how well we work together and how hard we work and how much fun it is. Yeah. I just had a thought there just when you're talking about Broken Hearts. This means there's 13 episodes, so it's the equivalent of a full season that you'd have no, got. No, there's 14 in. episodes. It's a, it's, it's a full season and an extra... And so we've gone full series seven. So it's six parts for volumes three and four. And we've got Broken Hearts is the, is the mid-season special. So, you know, we've really gone for season seven structure. And then you've got seven episodes at the last thing, because obviously... Um, volume six is is four stories and just to clarify something that i think some people are that that is all those are all episodes in the series the last one isn't a coda or anything like that that is the full series so yes it's it's a full series it was it was going to be a full 13 series with with just the box sets and then with broken hearts you've got the extra special which ties it all together what can i say about that broken hearts is really beautiful i really love it it's a massive character piece it's really about the doctor and valerie's relationship and where it's at at that time there's nothing 
if you've just got all four box sets, you will still get the, you will not miss anything arc important in terms of plot beats. There's nothing new with the phone calls. There's nothing like that. So if you've already given got four, you know, if you ordered the stuff, don't worry. There is a time junk between volumes four and five, because in my head, it's just volumes one to four, apologies. Between Wall of Time and Space, never anywhere. And Broken Arts is in there, and it is the Doctor and Valerie kind of dealing with the emotional fallout of Curiosity Shop. But if you've already ordered all four sets, you get all the arc stuff. It's just this beautiful extra character piece that we felt we had to we had to come back and do. And I'm so glad that when we were given the chance to come back and do an extra one, there was no there was nothing from on high being like four extra guest characters of the TV series must come back. You know, um, it was it's really great. Nick, uh, when I when this series started, said I said to him, "Do you want me to put any specific monsters in this or any characters?" And he said, "No, total free reign. Go and do what you want." And we had that again with Broken Hearts, and it's a really really beautiful thing. But I just wanted to stress that it is it's a, it's its own little thing, and it's a sort of it is a character piece. But if you've only got if you've already got the discs because we we recorded it after everything else had been announced there was no real way for us to get it in any of the box sets like just logistically behind the scenes stuff wouldn't work so it is its own release it is extra it is gorgeous and it, it is, is i can vouch for that <laughs> um, but it, it is a character piece but if you've got the box sets you'll get all the kind of core plot beats um i would say if you like, closure I'll use the word closure. If anyone's really invested in the Doctor and Valerie at this point, closure. You'll get yes. it. You'll get that with this it's, episode. Trust me. It's 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 a sort of sequel to Curiosity Shop. I will say that. Interesting. <laughs> Saf, you must have been delighted you're getting the chance to do an extra episode in there just when you thought you were all done. Come on. It's always a pleasure coming back. I tell these guys, just drag me back in. I'll live in the floorboards. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just happy to be there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. I'm just, any any part of Valerie that I can get. And that, again, that's another part with knowing that there's people out there who want more. I want to do more. I want to give that to y'all. So I'm just like, give me, give me all the work. <laughs> Amazing. <Yeah. laughs> that's brilliant. I just want to say huge thanks to both of you for your time and coming on and having a chat because I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I can't wait to hear what happens next. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so big thanks to Saf and to Alfie, of course. And this month we can look forward to a sequel to Curiosity Shop from Lisa McMullen, which I'm really looking forward to follow up the events of that given the traumas that Valerie's been put through. And I think that it's going to be a good one. Definitely looking forward to it. Can't wait. Sounds good. Yeah, I think the fact that this new story's been added to the mix, considering they originally planned to just do 13 stories, or 13 episodes across the box sets. And just like, a, as Alfie just said, it's like the TV show at the time, you get the 13 episodes, plus a, an extra bonus episode. It may not quite be a Christmas special, but yeah, I look forward to this. A two-hander with our leading actors. Is it a Christmas story, though? I don't think so. See, I haven't really read the strip because I like to be. I don't want to be spoiled completely. I know roughly what happens, but I don't know if it's set at Christmas. It'd be quite nice if it was. All right. I know that something's coming up, which is which is a Christmas theme, but, but I I can't remember which one it is. Well, it's the next day. Box set. No, it's not that one. I don't think. 
but anyway, I can't I can't pull out my box of tricks while I'm sitting here in the car. I just That's have to true. take your word for it. Yeah, but there is an Eighth Doctor set on the way with three all new stories, and uh, yes, you can read all about that in the December issue of Vortex from Big Finish Productions. Beautifully composed. Oh, thank you, John. And uh, talking of beautifully composed, why don't we speak to the man who's beautifully portrayed this part? It's Jacob Dudman. Hello, my name's Jacob Dudman, and I play the Doctor. You do indeed. You do indeed. Uh, welcome to the Power of Three, and it's a real joy to have you on because we're chatting about the Eleventh Doctor Chronicles, and. Oh my God, I love this range. You must have been delighted by how popular it's been. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, I mean, it's it fully deserves all of the, the love that it's getting. Um, yeah, I remember the conversation I had with Alfie about bringing this series to an end and wanting to do something that sort of has a through line and, and takes us in a particular direction and honors the era of the show, but also has our, our own era in a sense. And I knew it would be popular because of the the time that it's set in and because of Alfie's brilliant writing. It's been an amazing response to Valerie as well, I think, as a character. And I hope that they continue to go off and have their own adventures. But yeah, I, I, I don't I don't look at reviews. I don't really look online and, and see the comments of stuff. So uh, I, I've been told that it's been very well, well received. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Oh. Very much so. It's so much love for it. I mean, I know that people who were previously cynical about the range have listened to right. it when I said, give it a go. And they've been, yep, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I suppose. Oh, thank you very much for turning them onto it. Well, one tries. That's what I do. It says, because I share the words, what I like people to enjoy. If I like something, tell others. I suppose, in a lot of ways, for you, it must have been quite liberating going from the original narrated format to doing full cast so that you can. You can fully concentrate on just playing the one role rather than having to go between the narrator and doing the voices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the old audiobook format, I did enjoy it, but it's certainly a very different experience. And I think it makes for an easier listen for people. And yeah, as you mentioned, it's much better for me to be able to just focus on what I've got to do, especially with Matt's Doctor. It's a very, a very energetic character to play. And Helen will attest to the fact that towards the end of a recording day, I'm very, very tired because I'm flailing my hands around and, you know, doing things that Matt has to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to just be able to focus on on doctoring. And I think that it, it makes my performance better as well. Just uh, you're talking about energy there, something mentioned before we started recording, the fact that you're still younger than Matt was when he was cast, so your energy <laughs> levels, my God. Yeah, that's what Nick says. Nick uh, Nick Briggs was actually at the recording of Broken Hearts, recording something else, but we were in the same studio, and he was like, oh, he can do it, he's young. Also, that's my Nick Briggs impression. It's not meant to sound anything like him. It's just... <laughs> have us like my name's Nick Briggs um, <laughs> apparently I sound like his Uncle Jack when I do that yeah he's, his attitude is oh he can do it he's young which is fair enough but yeah uh, scary that I'm still younger than Matt was when he auditioned for the part like that's crazy to me but I'll take it as a as a good sign for moving forward <laughs> absolutely absolutely is and of course one of the big successes of the Chronicles has been the arrival of Safi, and you yeah. must be delighted with the relationship you've built up with them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, not to uh, 
not not to brag, but uh, it was actually a, a decision that I, that I made to suggest Safi for the for the role. Um, I'd worked with them on Black Knight, which was a Torchwood episode, and they were just great. And we just instantly clicked in the studio, you know, off mic, on mic. It really seemed to flow well. And I messaged Delphi saying, "I've met the perfect person for Valerie." Dot dot dot. And he just replied, Safia Ingar. And apparently uh, Scott Hancock had also suggested the same thing. So, so yeah, it was it was always meant to be. Uh, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing the role. And um, yeah, they're just great. They're, they're really, they bring a, such a warmth to everything they do and a real energy, a real like, a real fire in the studio. And I think that they give Valerie a real edge as well. Absolutely agreed. I think there's that warmth, there's a friendship, but there's also just that slightly something distant as well, we think, with them yeah. as Valerie gets to find out who they are themselves. So yeah, I think it's yeah, just yeah. that the chemistry is wonderful and it's I just don't want it to end. And it's so lovely that we've got this whole little pocket era, particularly taking full advantage of that wonderful costume that Matt only had once on telly. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, uh, that's something that we we talked about for a while, me and Alfie. And you know, it was his idea to to set it in this time period, I think. And I, I also think, you know, one of the joys of Big Finish and Doctor Who in itself is that it can go on forever. And Doctor Who's always trying to tell us that it's going to end and the Doctor's going to die and obviously you know that there never will but I think having a definitive end to our range to that this series is contained and that it's going to end I think that makes it more special and um, I certainly have felt that I've been valuing the recordings more and hopefully the listeners have a sense of that as well that you know this isn't just going to go on and on and on for years and years that we get these particular episodes within this part of the history of the show and um yeah that they'll the stories will be there forever but they're, they're gonna have to end sadly it must have been a very difficult decision to take in the end given that people love what you've been doing and but sometimes you need to sort of do the thing you i need to go on that's it i've done my stint off i go for now yeah totally i think um it was a difficult decision to make because I, I love it and I'm so grateful for everything that I've been able to do with Big Finish as well. Maybe it's a tougher decision that I'm le- than I'm letting myself believe it to be. But realistically, I've done more episodes combined in this range than any of the Doctors who did it in the modern era on TV. <laughs> and seven years of my life, which given that I'm only 25 now is like what more than a quarter of my life I've been doing big finish Um, so it yeah yeah so but when you put it like that it it sounds ridiculous I've been doing them for, for more than a quarter of my life and I know that if I don't leave now I may not for 10 15 years which would be fine but it feels like a very particular chapter in my life which maybe I'll revisit but I don't want to get to the point where I start to feel doctory fatigue because I actually think it's, you know, the best job in the world and 
part of me is going to want to do it forever but i'd hate to get to a point where it just feels like a job and oh i've done this and i fought the daleks i fought the cybermen how many times do i need to save the universe so uh i want to i want to leave while i'm still loving it if that makes sense absolutely and it's quite hard to believe that it's like a decade since you first burst onto the scene with the great oh my yeah wow (laughs) yeah i didn't even think of it as that long yeah it, it, that was a long time ago, and it's it's launched everything else that I've been lucky enough to do in in my career. I'm always going to be incredibly grateful for it. It's it's a large part of me. Doctor Who is always going to be a massive part of my life, and especially Matt's Doctor and and being able to to play this part has been incredible. And like I say, you know, it's like in EastEnders when you leave in a taxi. You know, if you leave in a taxi, you can always come back. Um, so so maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm leaving in a cab. Yeah. Maybe tell us what you've been up to more recently as well, of course, with your own production company. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I've been very busy with my own production company, which is something I've wanted to do for years. Not many people know this, but I actually went to university to study film production. And um, I had to leave the course early because I booked an acting gig, which was incredible. But it means that there's always been a sort of creative side to me that wants to make sketches and comedy short films and, you know, write scripts and stuff. And and now I have an opportunity through, you know, being unemployed as an actor, but also giving myself the space to really go, OK, this is what I want to focus on right now. And, 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 and being fortunate enough to have a cushion to be able to do that, to really create a, a platform for myself and I'm very passionate about writing stories that talk about men's mental health and highlighting stories and voices from the north of England so this production company is called HG4 which is lovingly named after the postcode I grew up in yeah it's it's been incredible working with friends to to produce professional films I had a very strange experience a couple of months ago where I was filming something and I had an out-of-body experience looking around a room and there are about 20 people that I'd been able to employ to like realize an idea that was in my head and suddenly it was being made. So yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah. and I hope to do more of it and I hope to do it professionally someday as well. Fingers crossed. And of course, I think you've been Thank working you. with James Sutton in that, haven't you? Doing yeah, James, yeah, James came on board and, and made some amazing prosthetics. Uh, the Little Shop Props team, James Sutton and Josh Martin and, and Cassim Bhatti as well. Daniel Howard. I'm going to forget names if I keep naming them, but uh, I know that Josh and James in particular were were the people I spoke to the most and we had a great time designing. And then they went away and, and made these amazing aliens, which are called the Heck, uh, which was named by our... Uh, Kickstarter backers, uh, the heck, which I thought was quite fitting for the the Yorkshire setting, and uh, and yeah, they're brilliant. Uh, if you don't know Little Shop Props, do check them out. They do amazing Doctor Who props and memorabilia. I believe you can buy them as well as just you know stand in awe of <laughs> the incredible work that they do. I believe they designed the Warmasters screwdriver as well um, for Big Finish. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to Scott Hancock's house and see it in person. And it's pretty awesome uh, the the way they create like really top quality, like Hollywood level 
props. It's it's amazing. You can also go down to the Who shop and see the the Cyberman that they've that they've built. They're just incredible. I I I, I would talk about them for, for a long time, but yeah. um, but yeah. no, this is all yeah, about you. Great. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. We don't need to talk about them. Yeah. But you do check them out if you don't know about them. Yeah, just because James's girlfriend lives about um, six miles that way. In oh, really? Yeah, okay. So there we go. So it's because he mentioned oh, nice. when I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago that he'd been working with you, and it's like, ah, so there we go. Yeah, I saw yeah. mentioned oh, it. Oh, so brilliant. There we go. But no, Jake, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, it's been lovely talking to you, Kenny, as it always is. And again, thanks to Jake for taking the time to have a wee chat there. I'm just so sad that he's taken the decision to give up playing the part because he really has found his feet and what an accomplished performer he's become because you can hear his growth I mean he was always good but just the more he's done it just wow brilliant yeah and and being in that kind of curious position of, of well being an impersonator yes but also playing the role and and as you said developing in, in, in his own the way that he, he, he inhabits the role and the fact he's actually done it longer than, than Matt Smith now. That's um, true. Which I is thought something that. to think about. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it's uh, you know, when you listen to the, the interviews on the Big Finish releases, that it's obvious that, you know, this is not just a, a side project for him. This is something that, that he takes really seriously and that he you know, he loves the part and that he feels that it is a part of him. So, yeah, it's, it'll be a sad, sad to see him go. But as we said, yeah, he's he's done he's done a great job. Yeah, he's definitely made the part his own. Sorry, Matt, but it's uh, there's a new boy in town. But no, I really, really enjoyed it. Just that, I mean, I'm told that when he's in the studio, he's doing all the Matt Smith hand gestures and, you know, clenching his hands together and his fists and everything to sort of like, I suppose that helps you sort of the method acting to get you into the part in a way. Absolutely, yeah. Although you can't, you can't see it, but you can imagine it when you're listening to him. Yeah, he is, yeah, so animated. As he does it, it's great he stuff. Is. I is. just wonder, you know, not I'm asking you to to, to betray any uh, insider secrets, but you know what's going to what's going to happen to the to the eleventh Doctor now? Well, in the Big Finish universe, I genuinely don't know. I wish I did because, as far as I know, it's sort of been paused. But I can say, and this is just a personal observation, because I've recently started rewatching Game of Thrones. Have you, you watched Game of Thrones oh, at yes. all? Or is it a bit too bloodthirsty yes. for your face? Okay. No, well, no, no, no. I love me a Targaryen. Absolutely. Well, yes. Oh, Daenerys, thank you. No, stop it. Um, anyway, <laughs> I have been rewatching it and we've reached season three and we're towards the end of it now. And of course, Ramsay has started to appear. Ramsay Bolton. And yeah. mm-hmm. he is obviously the, a bit of a sadist character and has sort of been torturing poor Theon. And the thing that I've noticed is that, see if you listen to him, he sounds very like Matt Smith and played by Ewan Rion. And you listen to that vocal quality he's got, very, very similar. Now, uh, I I can't remember the name of the the show that they they were in, or that he was in most recently, alongside Sasha Darwin. Yes, that one in the BBC. Where he was playing like, where he was. Yes. I think somebody in Twitter referred to him as Di Sadist or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that even had some Doctor Who universe references. I thought, how how meta is that? Yes. Um, but yeah, perhaps we'll yeah we could have a nice eleventh Doctor and uh, an incarnation of the Master there given to us, served up on a plate. But yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that until until you said it. I thought you were going down to the I guess the House of the Dragon. What's the what's this, the Game of Thrones prequel? Yes. That- that's the one. House of the Dragon, yep. Is it? House of the Dragon, yeah, yeah. Because again, I had to do a little mental adjustment to think, oh no, you know, this can't be the doctor. I had similar experiences watching Tom Baker in the Life and Loves of a She-Devil. Um, <laughs> yes, I know exactly you know. what you're talking about there. And uh, <laughs> yes, um, with him and Julie T. Wallace. Yes, exactly, yep. exactly. And uh, you just so, went to the phrase, you yeah. have a woman's bottom, and uh, such and Exactly, such yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I think um, it's it's going to be a sad day when they finish, but the good thing is there's two more box sets to come, so we've got seven more episodes plus this special, so there's still a fair bit more of the 11th Doctor to enjoy before our wonderful Jake dematerialises for now. So, oh, I feel sad now. I'll have to steady my jelly. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite lines. But yes, it will it will be a sad day, but the moment has been prepared for. Yep. And talking of which, John, do you have a question for me? Well, I think it's time I asked this question because the car in which I'm sitting is getting quite steamed up and uh, the locals are beginning to look quite, quite concerned. So I think it's time <laughs> for me to ask the question with which we conclude our conversations always. And that is... Kenny, what are you going to play us out with this week? Well, I was thinking that steamy windows might be appropriate for you at the moment from Tina Turner, but we don't want to give we you love that. A big Tina. I was just thinking, given that we've been talking about the Eleventh Doctor and his new friend Valerie, then we should maybe go for the Amy Winehouse version of the Zootons. Strangely enough, Valerie. But uh, yeah, so yes, John, thank you so much for joining us, and I'm glad your vocal cords have held up to it. I'll be fully back in harness next week. Fantastic. And we'll be, yes, because we've got an extra special episode to record next week. But we'll be back on Wednesday, the 1st of November, with our daily podcast looking at a Doctor Who novel every day, featuring an incarnation of the Doctor from the past and indeed up to the present. So you can look forward to that one. And we've got a few other gems thrown in there as well for good measure. So hopefully everybody will enjoy those. So, John, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See you soon. Thanks, Kenny. Bye. Cheers, John. Bye-bye. Well, sometimes I go out.